Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Is LeBron telling the truth? Hey, welcome to the show, Maggie Gray. Andrew Perloff, Carlos is already shaking his head. Uh, EJ Stewart in for Perloff. And yes, LeBron James... <laughs> Perloff may not be in the studio, but living in infamy now with all of his drops. Thank oh, you, yes. people, Lottie. <laughs> uh, okay, LeBron gets some slack every now and then because sometimes he seems to stretch the truth. Now, not just about whether or not he's seen The Godfather, which he clearly hasn't and definitely <laughs> lied about multiple times, but this was him front and center, EJ. Uh, at All-Star Weekend. Yep. So he's been asked about his future. And first, uh, Pete, let's uh, actually go reverse order, that he hopes to retire a Laker. But I am a Laker. And uh, I am I'm happy and been very happy being a Laker the last six years. And, uh, and hopefully it stays that way. Um, but I don't, have the, I don't have the answer to how long it is or you know, which uniform I'll be in. Hopefully it is with the Lakers. It's a great organization and so many greats. But... But we'll see. I don't know how it's going to end, but it's coming. All right. So he wants to retire a Laker, and we're trying to parse through some of LeBron's truths and lies here. Yes. And I don't believe this part is true. Now, mm. I believe that LeBron has enjoyed being a Laker, for sure. Okay. I think that you know he will count that bubble title as his fourth title, and we can argue about yeah. that till the cows come home. But He's got four titles. He's doing it with the Lakers, the media company, his son going to USC. I mean, all things are working out really well here for LeBron. Yeah. But I ask you this, EJ. Are you so sure, and does everyone know that you want to retire a Laker, that the Warriors call at the 11th hour, right before the trade deadline, and instead of the entire front office saying, absolutely not, of course he's a Laker, he wants to retire a Laker, they go, check with LeBron. Check with Rich Paul. <laughs> We can't answer that question. Jeannie Buss, the owner of the Lakers, no clue what the answer to the question is. You've got to call LeBron's agent and check to see if he wants to get traded to the Warriors in the next 10 minutes. Yeah. That doesn't sound like somebody who's so married to the idea of being a Laker for the rest of his career. Well, no, actually, I think that's exactly what LeBron wants. Like, LeBron wants to run an organization. LeBron wants to be Le GM. We're talking about Le Cap James today, but here, <laughs> this is Le GM. So, yeah, when the Lakers get called about any trade request or tra any trade proposal, even if it includes LeBron James himself, they have to check with LeBron James, see how that works. I think he likes that arrangement, which is why I think this is a rare instance where Le Cap James was Le Truth James. Mm -hmm. I think that he does want to retire Laker because— I'm sorry, being a famous athlete who's basically a billionaire who can still play at a high level and live in L.A. is awesome. Like, who wouldn't want to do that? Like, 
Laker organization, I know they can be a little bit messy, but it is a great organization. You got great weather 365 days a year. He has young children. So you have young kids, you know, one of them is in college, I guess, but you have one in high school. You have a, a young daughter who's, you know, growing up. So you see your daughter every day. Like, that's a great life. Like, do I want to go to, you know, you know, Golden State maybe a little different. San Francisco is like an hour flight. But other teams that come in, may come into play, like, why would he want to leave that if he's not guaranteed the championship? And at this well, point, what does the championship really do for him? Well, I mean, he w- I think he would say getting one more puts you ahead of Steph Curry. So if you go to Golden State, obviously that's not going right. well, yeah, to that's gonna, not gonna gonna cancel each other out. But if you get five, it puts you ahead of Curry, who's got four for now. Yeah. You're right there with Kobe. Yeah, you're tied with Kobe. And Magic. Right, but you, you don't pass Mike, which is the pro- which is at the end the only guy he says he's chasing. Well, I'm taking his words. He says that the ghost. Mike is the right. ghost that I'm chasing, and I think I'm the greatest of all time. Well, if you're telling me, we, we all agree that if he's going to get rings, it's probably only going to be one more, if any. If you're telling me I'm going to go somewhere to get only one ring and then that's it, what's the point? Uh, I, I While the ghost of Jordan thing is always out there, he also said coming back from 3-1 down, he thinks, against the against Golden State, he believes put him as the greatest of all time. Okay, so that's the first thing that LeBron said. We're going, what are we calling it? Le Cap La Truth? Yeah, yeah Le Cap La Truth. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next one is that he doesn't know how much longer he's going to play. Um, I have not mapped out how many seasons I have left. Um, I know it's not that many. Okay. I also, well, this is what I'm going to give him the truth. I do think that he knows that he's not ready to retire yet. And I would say not even close. Um, but does he actually have the end date mapped out? I'll, I'll believe him here that he does not have the end date mapped out. No, I think this is, this is LeCap James 101. Uh, this is LeCap James previously saying, I don't know when I'm a free agent. Like this is to me an example of him saying things where it's like, why would you say something we know you you Clearly think he knows the exact it. date, the last NBA game he's going to play? I think he has a great idea as to when he's going to leave the game. Yes. I don't think that he he's saying he has no idea. He's, I know it's soon. If it's soon, then we're talking about next three years. Like, right? Like, nobody thinks soon is seven years from now. Right, right. So if you're saying it's soon and you've thought about when that is. So to say that he has no idea and I haven't mapped it out is ridiculous. You have to map it out if you know it's soon. Okay, but here's the thing. We're talking about LeBron James. We're going parsing through some of his words here, whether these are truths or lies. We know that the stated goal and then the double-down goal is to play with Bronny. Actually, we're not sure you might want to play with Bryce. Right, (laughs) yeah, we have that commercial. Or maybe his daughter. Who knows? Whatever he wants to do. (laughs) But if it's going to be Bronny, then you don't know how that could rejuvenate you. You don't know if that's going to be in L.A. Again, if he really wants to play with Bronny, and that's one of the goals that no one's backing off of, whoever drafts Bronny, at some point you're going to be getting LeBron. So I don't know how he could say, oh, I know this is going to be the end, and I know this is going to be the date, when there's so much to be determined with Bronny. And Bronny is, a, is definitely a, a variable that we have to consider because, you know, does he enter the NBA this year? It doesn't look like he's really an NBA player yet. No. Um, does, so that means does, does he wait two or three years? That could be the variable maybe that he's talking about. But I still think that it's still disingenuous to say that I have no idea how much time is left because you know – when Bronny comes to the league, okay, I'm playing with him, and that's the end. So you still have some idea. Like, again, Bronny's not going to play. I know there's a lot with the COVID year and stuff, but Bronny's actually one of these new-age kids, so he's not going to have six years of college basketball. <laughs> we know if he's going to enter the NBA, it's going to be pretty soon. So, again, LeBron, you have to have some idea of when, how long you're going to play. Say you don't know, but that you know it's soon. And then we also know you want to play with your son, so that means it's got to be within a three- or four-year window. It doesn't add up to me. 
Last one for you. Here is LeBron on a possible farewell tour. I'm 50-50. Um, I'm going to be honest because there's times where I feel like I guess I owe it to my fans that's been along this journey with me for two decades plus to be able to give them that moment, you know, where it's every city and whatever the case may be, and, you know, they give you your flowers or whatever the case may be, you know, and, and that seems cool. <laughs> okay. So LeBron says he's 50-50 on a farewell tour. I I know they're teaching something called new math. I think it's 100 out of 100. <laughs> there is no chance that he does not do a farewell tour. And EJ, I'll go out on a limb. I think he does multiple farewell tours. I think that Ooh. LeBron, like Brady, like Jordan, does a retire and a comeback. I mean, I know he's a little old for that now, but Brady was a little old for that too. A retire, comeback. I think we get multiple farewell tours for LeBron James. Oh, this is cap, 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 cap. Like, I mean, come on. Like, LeBron doesn't want a farewell tour. I mean, this is a guy who can't he, – he couldn't wait until the, the playoffs ended to say, hey, I might retire next year. Like, he was at the podium when they got swept saying, <laughs> I may retire next year to get people ready for what was going to be a farewell tour. Like, he's already done this already. He's already soft-launched this. So, for him to say, I'm 50-50 <laughs> on it, you already tried this, dog. We already saw you in plain sight. I saw you in 4K say, I may retire next year. The fact that now we think LeBron James is going to actually – Retire from the NBA and not tell anybody. He no. said he he said he's contemplating doing a Tim Duncan. What do Tim Duncan <laughs> and LeBron James have in common? Absolutely nothing. They both play basketball for a living. Right. That's it. They both have four rings. Like that's that's pretty yeah. much where it ends. Yeah, I, I do not believe this. Get ready. We're going to have a whole LeBron. You you know, there's a documentary film crew following the Celtics. There's going to be multiple crews following LeBron in some kind of farewell. Yeah, he's season. producing his own tape. Yeah. Oh, he'll reproduce it. The NBA will have something going on. Who knows? They stopped the game when he broke the record, Kareem's record, and he brought Kareem out. Like, it, tell me, that doesn't look like a guy that's not wanting a farewell tour. Well, he said he's always been, uh, had trouble accepting praise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that, that's okay. the, uh, he said that's the only child in him. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. It's like, you, weren't you on the cover of Sports Illustrated, the chosen one? Yeah. <laughs> the chosen one's tattooed, it's tattooed on his body. <laughs> but really, guys, humble dude. <laughs> <laughs> Don't LeBron. compare me to Jordan. <laughs> Don't compare me to Jordan. I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we love LeBron. Gosh, what are we going to talk about when he does retire? So please don't retire, LeBron. Actually, 855 a quick thing on that real yes. quick, because I said something yesterday. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Sure. I have a theory that the NBA will actually be a little better off when LeBron does retire. It may not be in the immediate, right? but we have so many young stars that it feels like LeBron's presence takes so much of the oxygen out of the room. Like We don't know much about Jason Tatum, as we just mentioned, or uh, Luka Doncic, or some of these young guys that are coming up. Anthony Edwards, who's a, a great character, but yeah. you know, I know he plays in Minnesota. Like, is there any chance maybe the NBA actually in the long term would be better off and that LeBron right now is kind of like the old guy at the club? I want my damn <laughs> respect, too. I got to be honest, watching the All-Star game on, on Sunday night, LeBron didn't – he did fine, and he's right. still a great player, obviously. But he didn't pop off the screen like he has in All-Star mm. Games past. I, I kind of just looked at him a little more like another one of the guys. I mean, he yeah. still had the good tomahawk dunk and all that right. stuff. He's He can dial it up when he when he needs to. But he it wasn't like, oh, it's I'm watching all eyes are fixated on LeBron. It's like watching the puck in hockey. You just like, can't take your eyes off it. I, I don't think that way anymore about mm. him. So in some ways, are we kind of already moving past it? The thing is, I worry that guys are like, are they trying to be perfect now? You know, Definitely. LeBron is part of that, you know, living your life in the spotlight for two decades. You got to it's it, 
it's difficult. We like lambast him for stuff, both big and small. Yeah. I called him a liar because I didn't see the Godfather. Like it's some kind of capital <laughs> crime. I mean, he's living his life in the public eye. I think it's harder for dudes now. So I think guys want to be a little more perfect. Yeah, no, that's definitely the case. I think that when we talk that's about. Interesting. Yeah, but I, I think and then we talk about, you know, why guys don't do the dunk contest. It started with LeBron. Right. And it started with this concept of, well, if he loses, he's going to, you know, it's, it's a stain on his legacy and it becomes a big conversation. So now all these it's guys. Meme. Right. Now all these guys don't want to do the dunk contest. And fair or unfair, like it starts with him. So I, I do think that a lot of these guys have kind of taken the LeBron school of hard knocks, so to speak, in terms of how they conduct themselves i think some of the problem is some of these guys ain't lebron right you know so you got like anthony Edwards trying to explain why he can't do a dunk contest it's like come on bro like, you're not <laughs> lebron james like go out there and do a 360 like yeah. it ain't that serious 855 cbs uh we've also been talking about the big decision the chicago bears have to make this well soon real soon because it's going to be the combine and draft season before we know it. Uh, EJ and I don't see this the same way. I think Caleb Williams is sitting there, number one overall. Justin Fields, good quarterback, has played 40 games. You would not say that you've seen enough from him, in my opinion, to pass on the possibility of Caleb Williams. EJ, you like the trade-down approach. Get the boatload of picks. Oh, yeah, because this is a Bears team that, for I feel like since I've been alive, has always been playing behind the eight ball. They never were a team that I watched and said, oh, this is a team that has uber amount of talent. Right. They always were the team that even if they were good, it was like, well, they're winning on defense and they're winning on the running game. They've not been a team that has built a quote-unquote kind of super team type squad. And we saw the the changes the Bears made just last season with a couple of moves that they made. So they have an opportunity to continue to build out that roster, maybe for Justin Fields if he shows next year that he can be the guy. But if not, okay, you got another draft and you have another trade cycle. Or maybe you make your move for your franchise quarterback then. Caleb Williams is going to get you a historic haul. I don't know if you can pass it up knowing you have a guy who could be the guy already. See, I've, I don't know if there's going to be someone coming behind Caleb Williams that's going to profile to have a higher ceiling than Caleb Williams. And again, that's all this is. Whether you're doing right. the, the decision this year or you're doing it next year, you're making an educated guess. And I'd rather make that educated guess on Caleb Williams and then not have to use any of that newfound capital that I just got that I'm planning to fill out the rest of my roster and end up having to mortgage that stuff to trade up to try to get a quarterback who's going to not be nearly at the high ceiling that Caleb Williams is. But maybe it's not trading up. Maybe it's it's getting a veteran. Like, again, we've seen Tom Brady. We've seen Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford. We've seen some difference-making quarterbacks. Two of those guys have won Super Bowls in the new cities they went to. Guys that played for teams um, and decided to move on. They went to franchises that had not won championships. Right. And they went there and they won first Recently, year. Right. right. Yeah. You know, yeah, the Rams, I guess did they win his the oh, yeah, well, Kurt, Kurt yeah. Warner, of course. Uh, and the Bucks as well. So yeah, they hadn't won in a while. So yeah, you have an opportunity maybe to do that next year because you'll be you have a team and say, hey, look at the roster we have. We have maybe Marvin Harrison. You have DJ Moore. We have one of the best defenses in the NFL. We have a roster that's ready made. And and all we need to do is just add in a quarterback. Who's turning that down? It's yeah. not like they most of these teams we're talking about this year that are looking for quarterbacks. They're not the greatest fits. Like, I think that Atlanta is a little underrated for a fit. I think Pittsburgh is a little underrated for a fit. But it's not like we're talking about, oh, you know, the San Francisco 49ers looking for a quarterback. Right. Like, you might have a rare situation where you could actually have a roster that profiles as a Super Bowl contender looking for a quarterback. And that's where these guys are going to strike. And they're going to say, hey, send me there. Okay, but for every Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford, guys that these amazing pedigrees who get traded, I don't want to get stuck when the music stops with Jimmy G. I don't want to get stuck with, you know, uh, 
whatever is going to happen with Kenny yeah, Russell Pickett, Wilson, Russell like Wilson. Yeah. You leave yourself open to, you know, gosh, what's the market bear when it's like, damn, we could have had Caleb Williams. Uh, let's go to Jamie. Hi, May. It's in Syracuse. Good morning, Jamie. What's up? Hey, Maggie. EJ, how you doing? We're doing great. As you, know, as you know, I'm the Bears fan since 1983. Haven't had a quarterback since Jim McMahon. I want no part of Caleb Williams. He hasn't done much in the USC. I don't care if he's the talented guy, the next-generation type dude that always doesn't pan out. So uh, I think he's got a bit of an attitude on him, so I don't need none of that for my Bears. I trade with the Falcons, get the eighth pick with the ninth pick, and then perhaps go back up to number four with the Cardinals, get uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. at four, and then trade him with the Falcons, get like three first-round picks, and Drake London. And then you got Drake London, B.J. Moore, Marvin Harrison, plenty of weapons for field. Because if you didn't fire your coach, you ain't going to get rid of the quarterback. And then five years from now, fields will be cheaper than Williams. Because by the time Williams is done with his rookie contract, yeah. he'll be making sixty million a year. Fields will be making thirty. I know, but Jamie, yeah. listen, that's the long game. You've thought this out. I mean, to say Caleb Williams did nothing at USC, he won the Heisman. So let's not <laughs> say he did absolutely nothing. But I get his point. Didn't win a lot of games, um, or you know, didn't didn't get he, to the he college football playoff. He didn't playoff. win a championship or, or yeah. win, make, win a conference. Was right, right there for the college football playoff. If right. they had just beaten Utah, he got hurt in the Pac-12 championship game. They didn't win. Right. Um, so let's say he didn't stated to do nothing. Jamie laid it out there, but here's the thing. If Caleb Williams becomes the quarterback that's so good that you're paying him $60 million a year on the second contract, that means he panned out. Right, you want him on your team. That means he's now doing something awesome for a team that's right. not you. That That is fair, but I think that we can't look at Caleb Williams as this can't miss because, again, mm -hmm. the number one pick quarterback has basically been a 50-50 proposition. You could get Joe Burrow. You could get Baker Mayfield. You could get Trevor Lawrence. You could get Jamarcus Russell. Like, it, it, we just, you know, or Bryce Young. Like, we don't really know. Like, there are so many of these guys that we've touted as these can't-miss guys that we look at as number one and say, hey, you're not going to fail with this guy. He's great talent, great leader, what have you. And for some reason, it just doesn't work out. Maybe it's the player. Maybe it's the situation. Maybe it's the fit. I think when you talk about Caleb Williams, I can't say for sure he's a can't-miss Maybe not necessarily from a talent perspective. His talent is definitely all-world. But from a leader standpoint, from a guy who's going to get guys to rally around him standpoint, from a team CEO standpoint, have I seen that at USC? I did not. I'll be honest. I did not. Now, it doesn't mean he can't grow into that guy. But sometimes I feel like I can maybe coach up your skill a little bit. I can get you to be more accurate, which is something we didn't think we could teach. But now we're seeing that now. Lamar Jackson, someone who's improved is actually plenty of quarterbacks have shown that they can do that. I can't. Tell you, I can't teach what's in here. I right. can't teach what's in your heart or what's up here. That's something that's got to be already there. So I'm not saying you got to be a 20-year-old going on 35, but some of the stuff I have seen from Caleb would give me some pause as to say to whether or not he's can't miss. I, I don't think you're getting somebody with a higher profile, like a higher ceiling. And again, that's what this is about when you go to draft season. It's You can't tell the future. None of us have a crystal ball. But you can say, with this, this, and this, I project that this is going to be a great quarterback. And again, like I'll give a guy a little grace to grow into being a pro. I'd rather have the tools. Maybe you and I differ this way. I'd rather right. have the tools and the physical ability to play on that level because I'm going to be picking really high. This isn't Brock Purdy where you found your diamond in the rough, Mr. Relevant, and it's like, oh, this is just awesome that right. he's like panning out. We're talking about you're sitting here back-to-back -back years with the number one overall pick, and if you don't come out of this with a great quarterback, 
I, I just I think it's unforgivable. And if I was a fan of this team, I'd be incensed. But doesn't it change the the conversation a little bit that you already have a young quarterback who could be really good to great still? Like I think that's the difference. Like sometimes these teams picking at one, they don't have anybody there, so right. it's like, well, it's an easy choice to take this guy. But they have a guy who has won games for them when everybody's been healthy and when the situation's been right. And now you have a chance to make the situation as ideal as you can possibly want for a quarterback, and now we're going to give up on it now? Yeah. I, 40 games into his career, I haven't seen enough from Justin Fields to say, oh, I'm fine passing on Caleb right. Williams, and let's just, no thanks, don't want him, don't want somebody who plays like Patrick Mahomes. I'm just going to stay with <laughs> this guy, and we're going to we're gonna see what happens. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Coming up, uh, the one coaching move in the NFL that I just cannot understand. This one boggles my mind. And maybe more poetry? Got a lot more to do. Maggie and Perloff. EJ's in for Perloff today. Don't move. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I feel like I just broke a little bit of news here to both EJ and Pierre Schwartz, who's joined us, going to give us headlines in a minute. I don't know who needs to hear this, men out there. If you're wondering, man, I had these undershirts that had all these holes in it, and I had all these boxer shorts that had holes in it, and where did they go? Your wife's throwing them out while you're asleep. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Do I need to tell you this? <laughs> all the things you don't like, just uh, wait for you to fall asleep and just throw them out. <laughs> you know you just ruined the, the, the bit for all the wives and, and girlfriends out there who have uh, been doing this now. Now I'm going to be... Digging through the trash. Oh, I'm going to be digging through my drawers <laughs> to see what am I missing. It's always the stuff that's just got holes in it. It's gross. It's crappy. You've been wearing it since 1994. All that stuff, just throw it out in your sleep. Yeah, no wonder why I have two shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Generally, we'll replace it, too, but <laughs> yes. Is that not a front, though? Like, I mean, like. Also, that doesn't work both ways. Men don't throw yeah, stuff I'm out. Right, yeah, what ladies. if I decide I'm going to oh, throw out some Andrea stuff? Am I going to get thrown out the house? Basically, <laughs> yeah, basically you're going to get like DJ Jazzy Jeff, <laughs> the Fresh Prince, just boop, right out the front. Ah! Uh, speaking of relationships, we found out from the always reliable uh, U.S. Sun. I don't even know what kind of publication. It sounds like something Gosh. from a yellow yellow page. Yeah, the National Enquirer and you know, yeah, exactly. some Daily Mail created a, a conglomerate <laughs> called the U.S. Sun. <laughs> Yes, uh, they have Travis Kelsey, what he got for Taylor Swift for Valentine's Day. So we're a little old on this, but they mm. just got the details. He spent $16,000 on her Valentine's gifts. That's it? That's all. Ooh, that's it? A little Cheap light. <laughs> so he spent over $2,000 each on two giant Eternity Rose arrangements. They're 250 roses. They are expected to last for a year. 
And then he bought her a rose sculpture made by Paragold. I've never heard of that before. That cost $3,100. So $3,100. So, yeah. So nothing she can actually use. No. Great. Is that what Valentine's is? Great guess. Then everyone wants to get on Dion for his kids buying him a house. I mean, he could use that. (laughs) Right, exactly. I agree with Pete. Where's the house? Buy our house. Buy her a house. I think if you're buying flowers, there's a certain point where it's like enough. Okay. Like, what is it? Combined $5,000, it sounds like. You got a rose sculpture, and then you got like $2,000 worth of actual roses. Like, at what point? Like... You could have got her a car. Uh, so that here's the other <laughs> get her a car. You think she's driving anything that costs less than like one hundred fifty thousand dollars? <laughs> anyway, here's the thing: the rest of the gifts included a beret, a handbag, and a shawl, all made by luxury brands. These are in preparation for her tour in Europe. I bet he proposed to her in France. Oh, you think it happened already? No, I think it's going to happen in Paris. Oh, I think it's going to happen. Gave her a break. Oh, the whole city of love thing? That's so cliche. He can't super do that. Cl- you guys, people thought he was going to propose after cliche, the though. Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Taylor is a cliche, so, I mean, it'd probably be up her alley. I don't know. I just feel like if you're going to spend that kind of money, it needs to be on a bomb experience. Like, my thing is, you know, if you're going to spend a lot of $16,000, you got to say, we're going to Tahiti, we're going to uh, Bali, we're going to all these crazy places, we're going to yeah. stay in the most luxurious spots. I think to spend a lot of money on just some flowers is just is weak to me. Well, now, here's the thing: like three times a year, and, and, and I will she's say, she's in stu- Australia. I mean, he's trying to do the best he can. Oh, she's yeah. at her. He had to send them to a different continent. Oh, come on, can't send her to Tahiti right now. There's not have any time. She's got to work. And I, I, I guess what I guess bothered me too, because I, I was someone who was pro Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift when this began, because I loved the thought process behind when this began. Remember. He wanted to go. At, he went to a Taylor Swift concert, and he made a custom-made uh, friendship bracelet, sure. which is like the signature of Taylor Swift and her Swifties. And I was like, "Wow, you know what? If someone I live in a house with someone who's a big Taylor Swift fan, I know what it is to the friendship bracelet. I know how big deal that is. I'm like, wow, that's someone who really put thought behind it. Like he didn't just say, "Oh, here's oh, you, you know, think a Rolex. this is not a lot of thought? No, there's no thought behind this. This is like, oh, what's the most expensive flowers I can buy? What's the most I can buy? Okay, good. Send them to Australia. Like, where was the thought <laughs> process? Like, I know when you get Send in a relationship, a beret. I, mean, I know when you get in a relationship, you start to like, you know, maybe mail it, start to in. Mail it in a little bit. I feel <laughs> like this is a little early for that. Like, I said sixteen the, grand. He didn't yeah. mail it in. No, he, buy the Eiffel Tower. I mean, do something different. <laughs> yeah, Listen, no. he's been taking pay cuts this whole time so that the Chiefs can, you know, <laughs> can keep this thing together. He can't be buying. Although I bet he does propose something with the Eiffel Tower, guys. It's still just a football player proposing to a pop star. They're not going to overthink this thing. Uh, Peter Schwartz is here with headlines. Yo, I'm missing some shirts this morning. I can't believe it. Oh, yeah. Tell your wife. She'll be like, I have no idea. She'll play it off, but those things have been in the garbage oh, for six months. I don't know if she's thrown things out without me knowing, but she has informed me you need to th- – it's, it's enough with this. Right. Like enough. Right. And like did I, you ever see that thing again? No. There you go. No. Watch the go in the garbage. <laughs> yeah. no, there was this really – She's doing there, you a favor. Well, yeah. There was this really old Jets jacket that I loved, and I like I would never get rid of it. In fact, the, the zipper, like the, the piece on the zipper that you pull it up and down – broke and I was putting keychains on it so Aww. I can keep using it. Wow. And she just like flat out said, that's it. We're not, you're not wearing that jacket anymore. The logo is faded everything. I'm like, I love this jacket. It's so comfortable. 
and we got rid of it. Okay, it so here's the key. Use a keychain as a zipper. Yeah. Crazy. I didn't want to get rid of the keychain. I didn't want to get rid of the jacket. That is crazy. I could not have that I thought it was intelligent on my part to keep using the zipper. You MacGyver with your jacket? Wait a minute. Now, what year is that jacket from? I got that when Parcells was the coach. Oh, my God. Back in the 90s. I remember this. I bought. I was watching the NFL shop on Home Shopping Network, and I'm like, they've got a 4XL? I can't believe it. I, You're a Home Shopping Network guy. When the NFL shop is on. Oh, interesting. So uh, Pete's having a heart attack. Uh, back there. A zipper <laughs> on a jacket? <laughs> You're holding it together with a paper clip. <laughs> no, don't throw that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. Something really sentimental. Yeah, I wouldn't throw out in your sleep, but all the other crap I would. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Does a paper a clip jacket? Does a paper clip jacket count as sentimental in your, in your eyes, uh, Maggie? Is there, I don't any, know. is there anything else that she's having? She wants you to throw out. Uh, she. It, she would like less bobbleheads in the house. Yeah. <laughs> How many bobbleheads you have? Oh, there's a, it, over yeah. under fifty. Over. Oh, oh my gosh. Fifty oh, bobbleheads. What's the most random? Not, one? not all. Not all on. Um, on display, some okay. are in uh, you know, like a box that there's no room to display. What's the most random one? Most random one? Like, not, you know. Uh, not like a star? Or not anything? like Carlos Beltran. Yeah, like Benny uh, or something like that. I mean, they're Luke general. Collier. What's that? Lou Collier. Is there any non-athletes? Hulk Hogan? Do you consider that a non-athlete? No, he's an athlete. Yeah. Um, Don't disrespect Hulk Hogan. Billy, oh, Billy Joel? Billy Hogan. Joel Bobblehead? Yeah, the Islanders gave it out one night. It was, okay. He's at a piano with an Islander thing on. Yeah. Uh, well, but at what point, what do they do for you after, I don't know, a year? They're just like talking points. People Collectors come over items. and I'm like, oh, wow, that's really nice. I do just people like, say that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the bobblehead thing becomes like, you know how like sometimes with women, I guess, and men too, they have like the people who love all the dolls and they have all those weird dolls in like a room. Like I yeah. feel like. I feel like you may be entering that, that <laughs> category. Well, I mean, the and this is you, like Kirk you walk, Cousins. He's got a secret room I, that you walk well, into. Uh, set you walk up I, I have gotten rid of some as a as uh, one of my teams get get rid of a player. You know, there's some I'd like to take a sledgehammer to. You can do that here Ooh. on the show. Yeah, like, what, a rod. Uh, there's a couple in the back room that are are waiting for the sledgehammer. All right, bring them in. We'll Jamal Adams. Look, this show. <laughs> even before I got here, I mean, we've seen. I've seen what they could do with. You know, bat, baseball bats. Yeah, baseball bats and all different kinds of maniacal things. Yeah. Like, uh, bring it in. We took that, out the Carson Wentz poster. We did it for oh, charity, yeah. so we could do this for charity. So I could bring in like a uh, couple of the old ones that I don't want anymore. Listen, we'll we'll happily destroy those <laughs> for you love, for charity. We love destroying things here. We raised. Wow. Uh, I mean, we gave away a lot of money to the boys and girls clubs in Indianapolis, in um, Fargo, yep. and in uh, in Philadelphia, Philadelphia right. and mm-hmm. Washington D.C. All the places where Carson Wentz have played, I still get I get personalized thank you notes from the people in Fargo. Mm. We're huge there. I'm gonna dig some up, and the next time I fill in, I'm bringing right. them in. We're gonna and we'll do it for charity. Destroy Peter Schwartz's bobbleheads, old bobbleheads that he no longer wants. <laughs> yes. but there it has to be the most obscure, like I, like, like I, an I, obscure one. Yeah, like I don't want you to bring like again like a rock. Like, I want it to be like hey, like Quacker Jack. Yeah, this, <laughs> you feel like if Jabal <laughs> Adams, yeah, if we actually Jack, did that, yeah. I feel like he'd show up here. Yeah, Jabal Adams <laughs> may actually pull up. I don't know if you should bring Jabal Adams <laughs> in either, but I want like the Kagawa bobblehead. I want that one to get. I want that one to get destroyed. Uh, I'll find a few. Okay. There's no question. At, le- at least one or two, I will find. Very John good. Vandal Wall. Let's. Uh, <laughs> how about Joey Votto? 
Yes, you can destroy that. <laughs> Give that to Bilotti. I, I, I don't think have, that's what's I don't have one. Uh, let's begin with the great American race. And the Daytona 500 goes to victory lane, William Byron. From Charlotte, North Carolina, Rudy Fugel, his crew chief. Mike Joy with the call on Fox Sports. William Byron wins his first career Daytona 500. Alex Bowman finished second. Christopher Bell came in third. Byron's victory gives Hendrick Motorsports their ninth Daytona 500 win. NBA Bucks head coach Doc Rivers told clutch points during NBA All-Star Weekend that the Clippers reached out to him before making the trade to acquire James Harden from the 76ers. <laughs> Rivers said it would be a great deal for them because he thought he fit them better than the Sixers. Kind of interesting that team would reach out to another team's head coach to get consultation. He's destroying so many teams now. <laughs> <laughs> he's destroying teams he's not even coaching. He's, co- he's destroying a team that he already destroyed. He's the coach of the Clippers. Oh. Well, here's the question: Was he in the media? What, 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 he was but fired. At this point, he'd been fired. He'd been fired for the 76ers. I just, uh, if you, according to Doc Rivers, the NBA would fall apart tomorrow without Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. Like he's got to be, he's behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, anywhere around the scene. Doc Rivers has been influential in everything. It's like Doc Rivers, like Forrest Gump of the yeah. <laughs> NBA. Like he's been there for every single thing. He's calling games. He's GMing for teams. <laughs> he's head coaching for other teams. He's consulting other teams that he used to coach. I mean, at this point, like, you know, he's like the watcher when it comes to the NBA. Like, everything's going through Doc Rivers. And it's like, why? He keeps choking every time. He, I think women, women will hire him to get rid of their husband's clothes. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. I don't know. His day rate might be a little above your pay rate. <laughs> How about the Clippers, too? Maybe call the Rockets about James Harden. You know, like, like call, call another team. Call the Mets. <laughs> right. Call, call. Exactly. Also, we talked about, we talked about, like, Cap James. How about, like, Ladock? Like, like Cap Doc or Doc Cap Cap Rivers? I mean, like Is he, he, be, the truth? he was a terrible fit for us, a team that needed a point guard, and now we don't have one. But you guys, who have five stars on your team, he's great. The guy who didn't want, who was complaining he wasn't in the All Star game, who wants more shots. Yeah, put him with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That's an awesome idea. Uh, he's playing 4D chess because when the Bucks got to face the Clippers and James Harden chokes, he's just going to be clapping on the sidelines like I'm a genius. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I think, Carlos, that's honestly the closest answer we have. It's got to be, right? I mean, I, I can't you. imagine why he would. I mean, he basically said James Harden quit on me last season. He well, said that, uh, you know, during his interview, I think, with Dan Patrick last, uh, this summer. So the funny part, too, is he's like, you know, what I'm going to say behind the scenes is you should trade for James Harden. What I'm going to say on Bill Simmons' podcast is I wish I'd got to him earlier. <laughs> He's a selfish player. Yeah. Anyway. The uh, Brooklyn Nets fire head coach, Jacques Vaughn. Kevin Ollie, the assistant coach, will be the interim head coach. and will make his debut Thursday against the Raptors. Today we'll hear from Brooklyn Nets GM Sean Marks to explain this latest coaching fiasco in Brooklyn. College basketball last night, number two Houston over number six Iowa State, 73 65 on the women's side, UConn over Creighton 73-53. UConn head coach Gino Auriemma with his 1,203rd career win, passing Duke's Mike Krzyzewski for second most wins by a head coach in Division I men's or women's college basketball. Now the next one to pass, the number one spot held by Stanford coach Tara Vanderveer, number one with 1,209 wins. Let me close with some baseball Dodgers spring training manager Dave Roberts talking yesterday about what he can expect from Shohei Otani. For Shohei, he's got it down in the sense of the day-to-day. Um, I think that each day uh, he has a plan, um, and, and part of that is the rehab process. Um, part of it is today he's going to take live batting practice, so to prepare himself for that. 
um, I, I don't know, haven't had the conversation as far as like the expectations. I, I think it's just more of kind of each day preparing himself and, you know, as we start playing games and at some point in time he'll get into games and just to kind of get better each day. Otani <laughs> did homer in batting practice yesterday. Is there any manager who has less of a say of what's going to happen with Joe Otani <laughs> than Dave Roberts. And I have all the respect in the world for Dave Roberts. It could be anyone sitting there. It could be, yeah. you know, Joe Torre. It doesn't matter. There is not one thing that he's going to have any control over uh, when it comes to Otani. Not only is he there, he deferred all the money. He's a freaking hero already. Yep. There's not one thing you can say to this dude. And that's I'm okay with it. And look, at this point, he has no choice. I mean, Dave Roberts is lucky he's still the manager. Exactly. I mean, how many playoff flame outs has he been <laughs> uh, captaining for the for the Dodgers? Like, at this point, he's like, I'm happy to be here, bro. Show Otani, he want to practice? Fine. He want to <laughs> he he wanna wanna rehab? Fine. He wants to live bat- batting practice tomorrow? Take off? Cool. I don't care. I'm just happy I'm here. Just get this guy a hot tub and just, <laughs> just let him soak in it. <laughs> And Otani did hit a home run in batting practice, his first uh, appearance against live pitching since the reconstructive elbow surgery. Of course he did. Of course he did, because this guy is an alien. All right, coming up, uh, got a couple things for you, including the one team has a new plan to stop Patrick Mahomes. Oh, boy. Is it going to work? We'll get to that next. It's Maggie and Perloff. EJ's in for Perloff today, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. It's Maggie and Perloff. EJ's sitting in for Perloff today. All right, we... Had one of these situations last week, EJ, and you and I were just laughing about it because a brawl broke out at a college basketball game. It was yep. a women's game, but the play-by-play was not rising to the occasion <laughs> to describe the chaotic scene of this brawl. Yep. Sound so we, like got... we sound like a weekend at Augusta. <laughs> yeah. Hello, friends. Someone <laughs> just came out of the stands to punch someone else in the face. Somebody got knocked out. <laughs> So we got another one. So last night, Southland Conference, overtime game, Texas A&M Commerce defeated Incarnate Word 76-72. Handshake line devolves into chaos, but would you know it from listening to this? UIW moves to 3-10. and And with, oh no, this is not good. This is really not good. We've got... Punches being thrown. This is really bad. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, full team fight. Coaches in the middle of it. Wouldn't be surprised. Someone got a nick on the face there. This is not what you want to see after that close of a game. It has been a great game. We've got. <laughs> oh, my God. Can I get a little more? I mean, we got. He's got his massive brawl that's going on. It's coaches. It's yep. fans. It's it's players. They are just going at it. It's like, wow, this is this isn't good. This is <laughs> this is really bad. The band had more excitement. <laughs> They're still playing. It's like the yeah. Titanic going down with yeah, the band. That, still I mean, this playing. was like the stand. Team fight. Coaches in the middle of it. Someone got a nick on the face there. Someone got a nick on Finally, some blood. Because <laughs> but, we tell everybody, like, this This is, you know, we got teeth flying all over the I tell floor. you what, the only thing that would have been better about this brawl is if the band actually was on the court, just like the Stanford, <laughs> Stanford uh, California a game. Drummer just getting knocked out. Yeah, no, exactly. The they were playing the music. I mean, I don't know. The band's been knocked out. <laughs> Somebody, like, someone's head didn't, like, end up in a tuba. I think this I see the drummer's rough. tooth. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> Here a little bit more. This is not what you want to see after that close of a game. It has been a yeah. great game. We've got. No, you don't say. 
everything going on right now. Yeah, see what? <laughs> <laughs> like what? We still have guys running after people. Oh. All right. Did they chase him? Who? Oh Someone goodness. in the crowd was hurt and hit. <laughs> With what? A fist? A flying beer? Drum? <laughs> oh, it looks like a young girl. <gasps> oh, no. Now no, we're going to feel good. bad. All right. Well, we got down. <laughs> Children getting hurt. Oh, my gosh. It's just like, I don't know. It's like this is clearly a hysterical moment. Why the why the cool, The calm, muted, yeah. Response to this. You know, at some point, I'm not going to ask you to do it right now because I don't need to. We, we'll get this. Y you got to channel a little Mike Breen malice at the palace. Oh, you yeah. Know? He's like, and they're on the court. Right. I mean, you have to raise to the level of like, what the heck am I watching right now? And give the viewer a little more of that. No disrespect to these play-by-play -play people. I'm sure they do a great job and the game was cool. But they're downplaying this when you got to keep the same energy. Well, look, they don't call fights, right? Like, they're not boxing <laughs> or, you know, MMA uh, commentators. So, I think they are legitimately confused because they're like, what do we do with this situation? I think that's why these situations, all networks just have a Jim Ross button. Where as soon as a fight breaks out, we just start hitting Jim Ross drops of, oh, my God, I think he's dead. I think they killed him. My God, he's been broken in half. Like, just start playing that. Because the play-by-play -play announcers aren't going to get it done because they're not ready for it. So you should just have a Jim Ross track ready to go when brawls happen. Because as we've seen, when it comes to college basketball, for whatever reason, these these play-by-play -play people aren't equipped. And I get it. They don't do wrestling. They don't do all combat sudden, sports. All of a sudden, Lampley just slides in. It's just like, and a left and a right. But they're not, they're not telling me what's going on. That's the thing. You know, like, like, like. All right, I get it. You're not gonna, you're not gonna. It's not Tuesday night fights. You're not gonna be calling. <laughs> uh, you're not gonna have um, uh, Harold Letterman sitting there. Yeah. Uh, may he rest in peace. Right, yeah. but you're gonna, you're gonna call it. Like, what's going on on the court? What's happening? That would be great, like, though. Like a all, of a, being. all of a sudden, you get you go straight from Lampley to Letterman, Harold <laughs> Letterman. It's like, uh, okay, all right, Jim, Jim. <laughs> I got it. Ten nine, incarnate word. And all tens for Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we need in our life. Uh, okay, well, speaking of uh, combat, uh, Antonio Pierce, he has some thoughts on how are the Raiders, how in the heck are the Raiders going to try and stop Patrick Mahomes? Here's his thoughts. You got the Jordan rules, and we, we, I'm calling out from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the 80s before he came, Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whoop his Anytime he came to the hole, elbows, yeah. filling them, love taps. We touched them. We in the head mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'm touching you. So I showed those guys Jordan getting his whooped. <laughs> Consistently and on the two screens showing of us just getting after it, Raiders versus Chiefs. Mm. Something I wouldn't say publicly, <laughs> to be honest. This would be this is the learning curve for new head coaches. If I'm Antonio Pierce, I think this one is one I try to keep in the locker room because now you're gonna have Mahomes, who already complains to the refs a lot, especially about Max Crosby right. and about the Raiders. We saw that on the Netflix series Quarterback, which was a memorable couple scenes. He's going to be complaining, and he's going to get calls knowing now that the Raiders are out to get Mahomes. But at this point, like, why not try anything with the Raiders, right? Like, you've tried everything against Patrick Mahomes. you tried everything to get out of the doldrums. The Raiders, for a team that 
maybe you could say invented swagger in the NFL, have lacked so much swagger. I actually love this from Antonio Pierce, who's quickly becoming one of my favorite head coaches. And part of it is because I've actually seen this in practice. They actually went into Kansas City on Christmas Day, yep, beat them up, uh, uh, definitely made them question what they were going, what was happening with their season. In fact, Andy Reid said he basically thanked Antonio Pierce for changing their season around because they realized they had to recalibrate after the butt whooping they took from the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they already know they're in the Chiefs' head. So I actually like this from Antonio Pierce. They're a team that has lacked edge for so long. I mean, nothing says bland like Josh McDaniels. So giving this team a kind of edge, giving this team this kind of attitude. And other thing he said, too, on the pivot was he's trying to instill hatred for the Kansas City Chiefs, which how often in the NFL do we see teams not have that kind of rivalry anymore? Like these division yeah. rivals, maybe the NFC East is still holds up, maybe in the NFC North that holds up. But a lot of these other divisions, like there isn't that kind of animosity. And the Raiders have a lot of the Chiefs to just walk in. They were doing a ring around the Rosie, scoring touchdowns on them last year or two yep. years ago. Like I, I like that Antonio Pierce is setting the tone saying, no, this is different. And when they face us, they're going to have to see us. And we might not win the game, but we're going to win the fight. And I like that attitude from Antonio Pierce. Listen, you can like the attitude and you can like the philosophy and doing the Jordan rules on Patrick Mahomes. And why you would ever put that out there for the referees now to come in. You don't think they see all this stuff, read all this stuff. You don't think Mahomes is going to be lobbying. I think you do more hurt than good with this. Again, say it to your team. Mm -hmm. Say it behind the scenes. You know Max Crosby wants to get after it. You know these guys have it in them. But you like you can't do that on Mahomes because he's going to get the benefit of these calls anyway. And right. now you're going to – now. Just sign up for two or three more personal fouls. I was going to say, like, he gets a lot of calls regardless. So maybe do you say, hey, listen, I will take a, a penalty or two if it means that I am in his head. Sure. And I am able to kind of get him off his game. I think that's what Pat Antonio Pierce is saying. saying, look, we know we're going to we're gonna be maybe crossing the line a little bit, but that's okay because at the end of the day, we're going to be making a difference and we're going to be able to really intimidate and really change the course of this rivalry. How many times if you're the Raiders, you're going to just get – your head handed to you by Patrick Mahomes. Try something different. I'm all for it. <laughs> and thanks to the Raiders because it sent the Chiefs on to an eventual Super Bowl championships. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Carlos Ortiz. Thank you to Pete Bellotti. What a poem today about the Jets. Thank you to Peter Schwartz, to Andrew Kaplan, to the Widows, the coffee drinkers, the callers, to EJ Stewart. Fantastic job today sitting in for Perloff. Perloff is back tomorrow. DJ Elon Malali was there. <laughs> <laughs> We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.